Hello St James, um, it's lovely to see you uh, and so we're going to begin by looking at our Bible readings for today. So our first reading is from the book of Acts and it's chapter 8 and verses 26 to, to 40, it's not 39, 26 to 40. Acts 8, 26 to 40. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptised? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north in the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from John chapter 15, and it's verses 1 to 8. Jesus speaking to his disciples. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as we come to think about what God's saying to us through his word, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your word to us. And thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to lead us into your truth. Would you fill us again and help us to hear your voice 
as you speak to our hearts today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, these are two fairly well-known passages. Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. And the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, which vicars get this preached at them uh, when we're discussing evangelism and mission uh, as a diocese. So, where to start? So, firstly, let's start with the image of the vine. Now, throughout the Old Testament, uh, God talks about Israel as being a vine that he has planted. And in fact, the prophets uh, Isaiah and uh, some of the other minor prophets describe Israel as um, a vineyard planted by God, but a vine that has gone wild. Actually, it, a, a vine that produces sour grapes, a vine that isn't, uh, isn't doing what it was made to do. Uh, and so, in the Old Testament, they say, well, what will, the, what will the farmer do if the vine is not producing the fruit? The vine will be cut down. The vine will be replaced. Now, actually, here you have uh, Jesus just start saying, I am the true vine. Jesus identifies himself as being um, the root of God's people. That actually to be part of God's people is to be connected to Jesus. And so you have this sense of uh, God's promises uh, to Israel and through Israel being fulfilled in Jesus, who is uh, the vine of God. He is Israel. Now, he's, when Jesus speaks to the disciples, one of the first things he says to them is, uh, you have already been pruned. Let me have a quick look at the... Verse, chapter 15, verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So you have this sense that uh, they are connected to Jesus. They've chosen to follow him. And as much as what he's about to say about uh, the garden of pruning the vine back, says, you have already been pruned. You've already been uh, the word is, is like is purified, it's cleansed, this sense of being made clean. Uh, and so it's worth thinking about that for a minute, just to understand this concept of pruning. So the disciples all had a life pre-Jesus. Uh, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, uh, some of them were disciples of John the Baptist. They had uh, a family life, they had plans, they had ambitions for the future. James and John, uh, their father had a fishing boat and hired men that they would have inherited. And they had already chosen to give those things up. They had already looked at their future options and they had chosen Jesus. And in following Jesus, they had laid other things aside. Peter and Andrew, they dropped their nets. James and John walk away from the boat. Matthew walks away from his tax-collecting booth. They drop what else they had. So if you imagine a plant that uh, it spreads and the branches go in different directions, um, they have already taken some of their direction, some of their channeling, and they have 
prune them back so they are just focused on following Jesus and what Jesus is going to do. So Jesus says to them, you've already been pruned, you've already been purified by that choice they have made. And for all of us uh, who call ourselves Christians, we have already been pruned in that respect. We have made a choice to follow Jesus and that, that has cut off other avenues to us and that has become our decision, our identity and that has focused how we have grown as people. But the nature of any plant is that growth is always in different directions. There are always, um, I don't want to say temptations, but actually in, in a plant it's not temptation, it's just nature. It's you go off in different directions trying to find the sun. And uh, actually reading about vines, I know nothing about growing vines. If you see my garden, you know, I don't know much about gardening. But vines, more than almost any other plant, if you don't prune them back, they don't grow in an orderly fashion. They, they, they get tangled, they turn around, they twist, they, they block their own light from themselves. Unless um, the gardener, the person tending the vine, uh, cuts back and only lets grow those shoots going off in a direction which will get more sunlight, that will be productive. So for us, always, we're, it's, it's a human thing. It's like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I, I need that. You know, we are a mass of instincts and drives and desires. That's what it is to be human. And so there is a sense in which Jesus is saying to disciples, I know that in you, you are naturally, your energy is going in this direction, in this direction, in this direction. But not all of those directions are fruitful. Actually, some of those we need to just chop, cut off, say no to, so that your energy is focused and going somewhere else, a way that's going to make more of a difference, uh, not only for you, but also for the world around you. So for us, there is a question about uh, where do we want to grow? Now, uh, as vicars, we have these conversations uh, every year. We have an annual appraisal uh, that's done by um, someone in the area appointed by the bishop. And what they ask us to do is to reflect on what we've seen God doing in our lives, where we've seen God at work, what we've seen growing. And more than that, what has happened, what has grown in us that has borne fruit, that has done good things, that has uh, built towards those things which are of God and that are good and that are life-giving. And then we are encouraged to prune back, encouraged to say, there are so many things I could do, so many good things that, that need my time and attention, and I cannot do them all. Therefore, I will make a decision and I will not do that. And I will not do that. And my energy will go into this. So, you know, I can only use myself as an example. Um, about this time last year, I handed in my notice as chair of governors at Lion Park School. 
Uh, and it was very simply a case of saying, this is taking so much of my energy, so much of my time, that it's taking away from my family. It's taking away from uh, things that are happening at St. James. It's good, it's positive, it makes a difference to the community, but it's no longer bearing the fruit that it should do, and someone else can take that role. And so I pruned it, I cut it out, so that I could continue growing as a church leader, as a father, as a husband. And so that's the question. Pruning is literally about chopping stuff out, but being focused on where we want to grow, and more importantly, where God wants us to grow. Now, there are various um, ambitions we all have. Um, I've always loved sport. I've always wanted to be good at sport. And um, yeah, some people might say tape to this isn't a proper sport. Uh, I say it's in the Olympics and therefore it counts. But to be truly successful at it, I would need to give a lot more time to it. And the, the time that tape to this happens is in the evenings. And so actually I've had to accept that I'm not going to be um, a county table tennis player again because the time it would take to put into that, to devote to that, would take time away from other things. And the other things are more important. I'm not sure God's particularly bothered about me and my table tennis playing career. Now, By the same token, um, I've shared with you as a church about my mum's illness um, and the way that has progressed and the fact that we're now, um, we're now in the place where we're looking at uh, a good end to her life. And I've been really grateful to Ali, who has uh, released me every Wednesday afternoon, when even when the children were homeschooling during lockdown. Um, we would put out the, the Wednesday morning service, or I would, I would conduct it all in lockdown, I would record it and then put it online, and then Annie would release me to go and to uh, take some exercise with my dad, and then go to my parents' garden and, and talk to my mum. And that's been, that's been so important. That's that's been such a blessing. And it's something that God has been with me in, even though it's not been the, the easiest thing. There's that sense in which um, you focus where your energy goes. And at this time, my energy, some of my energy needs to go towards my parents and my mum and supporting my family uh, in, in what is a difficult time. Now, I hope I've been quite honest with you as as my church throughout this, in that my energy isn't going into keeping my mother alive. I love my mum, I want as much time with her as I can have. But that's not the focus. The focus is, is where is God? How do I... Uh, see more of God in my relationship with my mum? How do I help my mum feel loved and cherished and cared for? How do I support my father in a way that is 
honouring as I'm meant to do according to the Ten Commandments. That's that's the focus. And so my energy isn't going into keeping my mum alive. That's always been in God's hands. My energy has have been trying to be in asking God, what can I do? What should I do? How can I pray? How can I support my family? How can I see you involved in this more, Lord? Uh, and God has been so faithful in in a really difficult time. And the challenge when we talk about pruning is that it's not about personal development. It's not about us saying, I really want to write a novel. And so therefore I'm going to reduce other things so that I can focus on this task. It's about being connected to God through Jesus and there being a sense of God shaping where our energy goes, what we are focused on, what we are doing. And I have felt God shaping me and encouraging me to, to focus on my family. And, and so I have. There are other things that, that I haven't done. And it's, it's one of the reasons why occasionally we talk about fasting. And fasting, not only food, but maybe TV or social media. There are other things that take our energy that are not life-giving, that don't bear fruit. And so, actually, when we come to looking at what, what gets pruned, what do we do less of? Um, well, the answer to that is going back to the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And apart from me, you bear no fruit. In fact, verse 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. So, when we're looking for our direction, when we're looking for what God is calling us to, what we should be doing, then the obvious thing is for us to be drawing our strength and our life from Jesus. This passage calls us to be in him. We, we receive from him as we pray, as we study the Bible. We, we, we read his words, we read what he's saying and the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. And in that place of prayer, that place of study, we can bring to God the things on our heart and say, God, I'm so frustrated about this. And face the fact that sometimes God's going to say, it doesn't matter. It's not important. You can let it go. And there are certain things you think, well, I don't want to let it go. This is important to me. I want this. And Father God will say, I know it's important to you. I know you want it. You should let it go. And that is, that's really hard. When we're honest with God and say we want something and the response from God is no.
this last week we have been praying for India and uh, Saturday night we have met and prayed with those who are bereaved, those who have lost people, lost close family members um, in the last few days. Um, please hear me, I'm not saying that those deaths are God pruning, that that's not what this passage means. But what it is for me is saying that at a time when people are losing so much, when we have lost so much, we are not asking God to restore what we what he owes us or what we deserve. But we are recognising that all things come from God. And so we come to him with our pain and our grief. And it may be that an appropriate response as we grieve will be anger at decisions that have been made politically, decisions that have been made by individuals in the communities that our families live in, um, decisions made by those who <clears throat> are involved in the spreading of information and on social media. It may be there are people who have made decisions that have hastened the deaths of others uh, and it will be right for us to call people to repentance in that situation, to say this was not okay. Uh, maybe there should be political consequences uh, for individual choices made um, over this last 12 months. But that's about individual choice, that's about human free will and not about God and his action pruning our lives. We grieve with those who grieve. Um, and we share the pain of, of, of sorrow and loss. We are constantly drawn back to the fact that Jesus has not promised us perfect lives here on earth. He's promised us life in all its fullness. He's promised us life eternal. But his understanding of what that is, what that means, is different to our understanding. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. All we can do is stay connected to him. Now, when we talk about being connected to Jesus, there are two, uh, two things that means. One is about personally, we are praying and we are studying the Bible. The other is that we are part of his body. We are part of the church. We are connected to one another as the body of Christ. It's been an interesting side effect of lockdown is that so much of the church has now got online. You can attend multiple Zoom prayer meetings and Bible studies. Uh, you can watch multiple services. And I do. I mean, I, if I go on Facebook, I see friends of mine as they start their services. 
and I'll, I'll click on, I'll have a look, I'll, I'll like it, and I'll kind of go, hello, and I'll thank them for what they're doing. But St James is my church. I think as we've been isolated, it's easy to consume Bible study sermons, worship songs, hymns online, but that's not a connection. Actually, the battle of this last year is how do we stay connected as the body of Jesus when we can't meet up, when we can't see each other? Now, I don't have uh, a neat answer for what being connected to each other uh, looks like going forward. But I know that it's important. I know that it's what Jesus told us to do. Remain in him and he will remain in us. So this week, you need to think about how you come to God in prayer each day. You think about how you are reading the Bible for yourself each day. And you need to think about um, how you are connecting to other members of the body of Christ. Whether that's St. James, another church, I don't, must be, you need to be connected in a, a real way where people know you and you know other people and you can share what God is doing in you with them. And that means that when God comes and prunes part of your life, you have friends around you who can help you say, that, that sounds like God. You probably could let that go. That's okay. So I'm just going to give us a moment to pause and reflect. And then we're going to pray. So let's pray together. And ask for Jesus to be kind as we're pruned and for wisdom in knowing how we stay connected to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that in you there is life in all its fullness and there is life as we are connected to you. So would you fill us again with your Holy Spirit this morning? Pour more of your life into us. And as we meet with you and know you in us and with us, would you show us those things that need to be pruned back? Those things that are a waste of our life and our strength? that we might bear fruit for you, that we might be a blessing to those around us, that we might reveal your love for the world to those we know, to those we meet and care for. Lord, would you shine your light through us as your people? We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for uh, watching or listening, depending on how you're accessing this. Uh, have a lovely day and God bless you.